feel free to call out Ben Stokes by name by by hand yeah, with the handle. Yeah, tag him, tag him. I'll I'll find him. Okay. Benu, uh, Benu. Hello and welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. It's the start of a new era. Um, Mondays aren't great, but we're here to make them a shit ton better. Isn't that right, Ben? How are you? I'm well and you, Adam. Uh, but I'm thinking most people are going to listen to this on Tuesday. So I think at this point, by the time we're recording, we can't really help them Monday much. Eh? Uh, it's true. We can help them get over there Monday. Maybe. Maybe. Recover from your Monday? Yeah. Yeah, something, so, like yeah something like that. Um, if Ben does sound a little bit soft, it is 9 o'clock in, in Mauritius, 7 in South Africa. And uh, people are sleeping in his house. Thankfully, I don't have that problem yet. And uh, Alex, he will hopefully join us. He's just dealing with uh, family stuff, uh, as one does these days. The tar is a busy man. So, as promised for our new format, we've got a whole bunch of news to chat about. And for today, and today only, we will be chatting about Fantasy Rugby exclusively. Sure, we might mention it over the course of the season, but uh, there's fantasy podcasts out there, Draft Rugby. I know Fantasy Rugby Draft do their own. So we'll just keep it here, uh, just in this episode. So we had our draft on Saturday. Before we get uh, to the news, we, we, sh- we should mm-hmm. mention that dra- draft rugby are official friends of the pod. So yes, if so you are, if you are, yeah. So if you're looking for an affiliate podcast, choose them. Yeah, and I know in terms of platforms, I know that the guys uh, there in Australia have been working on it. Fantasy Rugby Draft. Uh, I've actually drafted a pretty good side in their Classic League. I know they're busy running Fox Sports. No, and the I'm following... sorry. How, how did you get such a good team? Was uh, that in a draft? Yeah, I I think three of my opponents didn't uh, sign up. This work all everybody's across the world. They didn't wake up in time. And, uh, yeah, my team's actually ridiculous. I don't know how they let me get that. So if I don't get promoted yeah, like, to like, third like, I, I, I was looking at that team. I was like, fuck, some folks were asleep at the wheel when they let you get that team. Eh? Yeah, not, not our draft. Uh, Jesus, times are... Yeah, no, fuck, our draft was like the fucking desert draft. That was tough. Uh, but we'll get into that, I guess. So, as promised, we're going to get into some news. Quite a bit to discuss this week within the hour, or 40 minutes, whatever it may be. I am watching the clock. Uh, and then we'll get into the draft. Alex will join us. It is a bit late for Matt. Um, we'll aim to do these on Mondays, but we might revert to Sundays. Matt's now informed us he's only returning at the end of February, but we don't obviously we don't want to leave him out. He sent us a photo of being a hipster on the street, drinking in the street. Uh, the guy, the guy could use a pod time as well. Everybody needs a hug, so we might do the odd Sunday before the end of February, but we will let you know on Twitter. So, to I guess get straight into the news, um, Ben, are you very excited that Yaku Creel might be coming back? To say yeah, um, I am. Obviously, as a true Lions fan, I would prefer if I heard news of Warwick Tecklenburg coming back. Oh, bro. <laughs> well, but um, I don't even know where he is. He's playing like ice rugby in uh, Siberia or some shit. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's someone, someone tell us, where is Warwick Tecklenburg? Yeah, I can that, probably that, just Google uh, it right actually, now. But... I, I reckon he's probably like at some school teaching, teaching boys to be men. You know, good was his values. name Warwick actually, or was it Warren? No, it's Warwick. It's Warwick Tecklenburg, and then it's Warren Whiteley, who's definitely yeah. who could be a headmaster, like a school teacher dude that influences people. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay, Warwick Tecklenburg. His middle name is John. John? Warwick John yeah. Tecklenburg, WJT. Yeah, it looks like he's retired actually. Shit. Yeah, he did retire um, when he quit. Fuck, end of an era, man. Well, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> anyway, not, not to take away. Yeah, uh, from all reports, Yako Creole didn't exactly kind of... He was just injured, basically, his whole time at Gloucester. Yeah, he's only played uh, 16 games since since going yeah, over. Well, 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 saying that, since his last two seasons at the Lions, I think he, I would be surprised if he played 10 games. Eh? That's true. He kept uh, picking, up, picking up injuries. Do you think... It was due to the fact that in those uh, years between 2016 and 2018 that uh, he was so awesome, his body just now couldn't handle it. Like, he was peak. Like, oh, peak. fuck. Remember, re- remember how fast he was? Shit. Bro, no, he lived on the wing. Um, he was fantasy gold, just to keep the theme going. 
Great the breakdown, heavy tackle. He was already part of that loose trio with Tecklenburg, White. Yeah, no, 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 he was. He was. He, well, hopefully he still is. Like he was. I think he'll do. He'll do. The Lions have actually accumulated an interesting little bunch of loose forwards because if he comes, then what's happening with Willem Alberts? Actually, I haven't heard anything uh, about him. I think. Yeah, I thought he he was signed up, but that he's not going on tour. To Argentina, yeah, I didn't the see anything on that tour squad. Yeah, so I think but he's yeah, still coming. So say if he appears, then Jaco Creel appears, then they got Rudolf Schmidt, they got Diamani, they got they could form some really interesting back row combinations. Like I'm not really sure how they will end up playing it, but it is. There's even Vincent Satuka, um I said Diamani, but the the paucity of outside backs going to Argentina, we're all hoping and praying that the day has arrived that we'll see Diamani in the wing, for all we know. Uh, that'd be great. Um, then he becomes immediately yeah. draft gold, fantasy gold. I think we'll, we'll be watching that. Oh, yeah. Who's top the, of the, the wave new, order? The new, the new Moneyball Masawera. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, I think Hornsby, Alex Hornsby's top of the wave order. Mm. I, I, was, I was actually thinking of not, not trading on Tuesday, just try get on get on top or get higher. Or at least maintain my place in the waiver order because I really don't want to. I don't want to lose my place on a city Tuesday trade and then miss out on something cool when the team sheets come yeah, up. Yeah, or like botch a Sunday trade like I did. First trade of the year, I get the position wrong. So that was, um, yeah, it was quite humiliating. But yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, I hope he comes back. It hasn't been hasn't been great for him since going to Gloucester, which isn't many lines in that in the same. So I think watch the space. That was a report, too, no, said no. so, and he'll, and he'll be back in the next month or two. Interestingly, you know, uh, Yanni Duplessis, there's rumors... Sorry, sorry, I don't know, I don't know if we're going to talk about this, but on similar vein, did you, did you see that thing about Will Skelton maybe going to the Blues? <gasps> yes, I did. Um, I think, I, I mean, he's apparently being paid for 400,000 quid a year, which is equivalent to about 7.8 million rand. I don't know, it sounds like, it sounds a bit far-fetched to me. I, I would. I think if they had that sort of money to spend on a lock, they would have just used it to keep Lude or Osir's exactly. name under. No, exactly. It would, have been, like, it would have been cheaper. Yeah, sure. Surely they, they. If you offered them that much, they would have stayed. So no, it's a bit of a weird. One. No, exactly. Um, no, I, I don't see much much in that. I mean, there's the whole flower thing that went around a few months ago. So, if anything happened like that, I'd be very surprised. Um, but. Uh, well, do, just... do, do you think maybe do you think maybe the Bulls are just flexing, like pretending they have more money than they have? Well, they, they do have Patrice Matsepe and Johan Rupert with their finger in the pie. Oh, yeah. And they have, like, yeah, endless but... amounts of money. So who who knows? Um, as yeah, a storm is found out, you don't get rich, really spending like... it on anyone right now, right? Oh, how's it, Alex? How, is, uh, yeah, ben... I, I guess they don't really have, unless they pay Josh Strauss millions. Yeah. You know, Josh, if Josh Strauss is getting millions, I need to reconsider my career path. Yeah. Um, is, uh, is Alex, Alex, you, you, Alex, you're talking about the pillar of, of uh, I petty the fool right there, Josh Strauss. He's gonna, <laughs> I'm building my championship season on him. But building the uh, team around him. I forgot you signed him. <laughs> Oh uh, shit! Yeah, you got four balls, uh, Alex. Yeah, we said we're gonna yeah. we'll get into the fantasy stuff. Fuck! I, 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 I have four, four balls and and four brumbies. I fucking hate myself for that. Wow. Jeez, Ben, what happened to you? This this team is unrecognizable. This is not a Ben team. Yeah, it doesn't look like a Ben like team Dan either. Dan Coles, you drafted Dan Coles. That's not like you. I know it's not, but I wanted a hooker, and then I was like. And like I got, I, I was overthinking about like All Blacks buys and shit. But then for yeah. some reason, my head Cody Taylor was getting All Black buys, but Dane Coles wasn't. Like I don't know, fuck, I was, I was yeah. nowhere drafting. And, and Coles isn't wow. going to Cape Town for the Stormers game. But uh, we'll we'll uh, leave that towards. Yeah, it's fine. Towards Cause, the cause end, because I, I picked up Rangy fucking again. Jordan Gla- Glass Hamstring Ulysses. <sighs> Rangy's on brand on brand fee though. That's a legacy pick, Rangi. Yeah, Rangi is on, but so slowly I'm becoming more. I'm becoming more Brad from the first trade day, Alex. Yeah, that's good. Okay. All right, sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to derail things. Um, who were so we, we are just we are just about to talk about Yanni Duplessis yeah, coming back. That he, uh, uh, he okay. might have to go back to Montpellier because apparently they're, they're having yeah. a prop crisis. Even though he's flying to Argentina now with the Lions naming their team. Uh, be a bit yeah. of a shit one for the Lions. But he looked pretty chuffed to be in Joburg. 
I think he just wants to just to turn yeah. around, have some beers, and scrum. You know. Yeah, but I mean, if you could do that in Montpellier instead of Joburg, like, it's not really a tough decision, is it? Yeah. I don't Come know, on, like... Jack, if you had to pick between like sitting around and having beers and scrumming in Montpellier as opposed to fucking yeah, no, but uh, but you gotta you gotta realize Alex is each to their own. Like Yanni's probably got a nice yeah. little a nice little two and a half acres, and you know he's living his best life. But like, he's not know, a city mate... boy anyway. Yeah, he's but I mean, like, but Joburg's, Joburg is big, Alex. Like, you kind of go a bit off Joburg. You're basically in farmland. Yeah, but isn't Montpellier, like, a bit more of a, I don't know, like a agricultural city? I don't know. I, I'm actually talking about my ass. I've never been to Montpellier. Yeah, you, you just wanted just, to just take assume. a dig at, you just wanted to take a dig at Joburg, basically. I mean, it's not like I need an excuse for that, but... Uh, yeah didn't hurt i don't know i just yeah. i like there's obviously there's a financial aspect there's a lifestyle aspect um if montpelier want him back then he's going back like that's kind of all there is to it right mm. there, there was there was a thing because there's a bit of this whole joe joe is it merchant or marchant i think it's marchant 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 yeah, like a french so him marchant. him and then um jamie roberts they both say basically there's sort of a conspiracy theory going around that those guys have been released in order to circumvent the salary cap. Because if a player is out on loan, their salary doesn't count towards the cap, which is quite logical. But at the same yeah. time, you can actually recall them in event of injury. So you kind of say, okay, yeah. listen, you know, you sort of letting them go, but you're kind of keeping a little string tied to them. So that's quite yeah. interesting. But I mean, that's like, yeah, that doesn't really add up to me because if if what happens with like Yanni Duplessis happens now and you end up recording them, then you fall foul of the salary cap anyway. Yeah, but so I'm, I'm not because the salary cap's cap. like a year a year long thing. So yeah. I'm not really sure how how it works exactly. Because if Yanni just goes back and plays like two games, surely yeah. his whole year of salary can't count towards the cap. That doesn't seem fair. No, but for those for those two weeks, they would be over the threshold. Because I, I don't think it's the, a, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's an annual thing. I think it's like a week a weekly. Oh, I thought it was any given moment. Yeah, it must be at any given moment sort of thing. Actually, I'm not but, sure. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I don't know. But mm. anyway, Jamie Roberts, as far as I know, is not on loan to the Stormers. I think he's just on a short contract. Yeah, uh, with a oh, bit, with I, a benefit. I thought he was. I thought he was on loan. No, no. And as I said on Twitter, I'm, I'm 90% sure the whole thing was just a reason for him to surprise his girlfriend with a, a nice... I, uh... I, I, I saw that on... He actually did it an hour before he left. What, so in Wales? Yeah, I think he did it in Wales. Uh, that's not what I got from the news article. But to be fair, I didn't actually read it. I was looking the Wales a lot online. <laughs> and, and the Wales online <laughs> has been stated before, so I don't know. <laughs> And at least, at least someone's staying on brand. Us only reading the headlines and extrapolating twenty minutes of comment from it. Yeah. So I actually, I actually from one photo. I actually <laughs> checked it out. From my from I've my brief political... experience of Wales, you would much rather get engaged in Cape Town I've, than in Wales. To be fair, Ben, I've, I've formed political and ideological opinions on less information, so um, I, I think I'm, I'm fine with my choices. No, um, but okay, let's you, move you've, on. Yes. You've drafted, you've drafted political policy on less research. Yeah. Than that, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not prepared to admit that on air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Oh yeah, the box, the box. Uh, they have a new coach, but he's not so new. It's Jacques uh, uh, Nienaber, the defense coach. He's now been named head coach. Rassi Rasmus is the going back to his director of rugby role. Um, why? Why have yeah, I said he's like the Kings we coach? Discussed this, uh, Davids. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he he's in there. Um, that Welsh dude, Felix Jones, he's still there. Um, yeah, they credited him a lot, with like a lot of the conditioning for rugby world cup. Felix Jones. Yeah, those actually uh, looks really. Was it, good, no, cool. it, it wasn't Felix Jones. It was the Welsh guy with the blonde hair who brings the cone on. Is he Felix Jones? Yeah, that's Felix Jones. That's you, you just isn't Felix Jones the former Irish international guy? Uh, okay, well, I'm confused about the a lot of things today. 
Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I came into this episode pretty cold, yeah, so yeah, you can't no. be too surprised. No, no, no. Felix Jones, he's an assistant coach. Felix Jones definitely isn't. He will be based in, which is probably the most interesting thing, based in Europe pretty much, to liaise with all the players. There, uh, Don Human is the scrum consultant after Matthew Proudfoot was snapped up by Eddie Jones. Dion David, assistant coach. Mzwandili Stick, he is still the assistant coach. Uh, Neiman is the coach. And Rassi is director of rugby. Uh, you're talking about... He is English as a box strength and conditioning. He's Welsh, so it's, it's like Alan Walsh. Walsh. It's like A-L-U-D or something. Alan, that's correct. Alan Walters. Yeah. Walters. Yes. Okay. So, he's, uh, a funny, he's a funny little guy. Yeah, but I've seen him in all FNB ads. He's in many FNB ads. <laughs> okay. No, no, but he's, he actually seemed to do some really good work with them, actually. So, you know, I'm not yeah. complaining, he might be my favourite yeah. Welshman, actually. Yeah. Step aside, Alwyn Jones. Oof. Don't let, don't let Squidge hear you say that. Well, fuck Squidge. Squidge ruined my fucking draft. <laughs> Squidge hated so. your team name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hated my team name. What, what bullshit well, let, is that? Well, let's talk about that just now. <laughs> we'll t- we will. Um, uh, but okay. yeah, that ma- I don't think uh, not much is going to change. Uh, I did see earlier today that Mark Alexander was complaining how uh, the fact that also Africa's Super Avian Pro 14 teams are coached by uh, white dudes. Uh, zero, zero transformation, which is uh, on the nose, I guess. So he's not happy about it. Rassi's also said they would prefer to see more representative coaches, but if the system doesn't produce. And, I mean, we've spoken about the issues that uh, players of color have had coming through the system. So I'm, I'm sure in, in the coaching circles, it's even worse. Given who who in yeah. many possible run rugby, but, but, but years, I, so. I, I would guess it's it's a bit of a delayed sort of because say say now are uh, at least in in my in my opinion the box are relatively representative, probably quite fairly representative of let's say rugby playing demographics, if not the whole demographics of South Africa. Do you agree? I think top like top tier professional rugby playing demographics. Not, yeah, top tier professional. Not like not not at the club. If you draw it out to like the club level, there's a shit ton more clubs like in Eastern Cape and KZN uh, that yeah. aren't. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, but in terms of it, but if you take so you say the average age of a rugby player, say whatever, 28, but then you say the average co- age of a coach is probably 45. Yeah, maybe maybe like forty. Yeah, so so, but basically, I'm just saying you probably need another fifteen years for sort of these players that have actually benefited from the system now to have gone through it and now be entering the coaching ranks at that high level. That's yeah, sort it, of it my, will, my it will of definitely anyway. lag. Mm. It will definitely lag yeah. behind like player transformation. Yeah, look, I mean, I don't think we need to add in too much more to what's been said by the powers that be, but like. It's it's uh it's unfortunate. I think we can put it that way. Yeah. And I think it's like tainted a little bit by I don't know. It's 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 frustrating because when we have had coaches of color like Alistair Kutsia and even Dion Davids to some extent, but also um, Peter De Villiers, like they haven't been given the same kind of support. I think that a lot of white counterparts have. And it still seems a bit weird to me that like a, like a, a two former Springbok coaches, like Alistair Kutsia and Peter De Villiers, are unable to get like head coaching gigs in South Africa when guys like Potter Human, not like not trying to say he's shit, but like you know in terms of CV, his credentials aren't aren't the same. Or even John Dobson for the Stormers, like John Dobson, I'm a huge fan, but his CV can't hold candle to Peter De Villiers or. Um, or Alistair theory. Yeah, but, but it's uh, almost it's, it's not, almost like for them that the the, the Bok job made them less employable. And no, all. I know, I know. That's, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to. I'm not, I wasn't going anywhere with this. It was just sort of thinking out loud about the track record that South African teams have with coaches of color, um, and how it's just been like it's been a very unfortunate and rocky road. And yeah. I don't think that the supporters and the media have really helped with that. Yeah, but also if you uh, think about, I know you mentioned Dobson. He's been a, a company man for the Stormers, same as Human in certain respects. I know Human's like, well, the ultimate journeyman. I don't mean journeyman in a bad sense, just that he's been around for years and coached everywhere, especially on Greg West. So uh, yeah. they're, they're company men in the sense, but you're 100% correct. After leaving yeah, the sure. pop job, Kutsia 
Davide's, we all so, know about that. He's become persona non gratis, and uh, uh, has had to go to Japan. But uh, yeah, so I, sorry, I think I think I've unscrambled my brain quickly. What I was trying to say is, if former Springbok coaches of color can't get top jobs in South Africa for whatever reason, like what chance do kind of up and comers have? Uh, zero. They probably, the they probably have to build the way up from. They probably have to build the way their way up from high school. Uh, what best age exactly. group level or something like that? But like it's 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 super difficult, and, and definitely more needs to be done. But mm. if we're going to be glass half full, we should point out that three out of the four South African franchises have uh, captains of color. Yeah. So that's Alton, Sia, and Lukanyuan. Mm. Uh, where where do we start in this? Oh, the box. Uh, and and you know, but, um, this is the first time that the box have actually, in a sense, shown any continuity. Following a World Cup it was '95. Uh, Kitch, Christie, Kitch Christie was replaced by Andrew Mockroft, who was then sacked and replaced by Nick Mallet. Nick Mallet was then replaced by well, oh, oh, I know there was Harry Fulian, uh a couple others. It was a real shit show. '99 and 2000. Jesus. Uh, then 2003 was also replaced, and then 2007 Jake White was replaced, and Peter Davis was replaced in 2011, 2015. Who's the coach at the end of 2015? Oh, Hanukkah Mayer. Mayer. He got Hanukkah replaced. Mayer, yeah. yeah, and then Kutsia came in. So yeah, it's the first time we've had some continuity, which is which is quite exciting. I think boring is good for the first time. Well, I think it's a, it's part of the it's part of the luxury that winning the World Cup affords you. Yeah, I think. it's true. You just do do it. The, Fuck you want. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> um, okay, what's next? Uh, substitutions. I know that the uh, English press were bleating on about this after we pumped them uh, in the final. But it is a great turning point. Uh, Bill, Bill Beaumont, the head of World Rugby, I'm not the biggest fan of his. Um, but he's also come out. I know that Nigel Owens, he was talking about reducing substitutions. Beaumont's been talking about it. With the logic going around that, A, if you had less substitutions... Players would have to be smaller, in a sense, so kind of like bomb squad style stuff that we saw at the World Cup. Uh, it leads to more open gameplay, uh, uh, maybe less injuries. I don't know about that, but impacts would be less because players had to be leaner to run the full uh, 80, 80 minutes, etc. Et it's, it's such voodoo stuff. Like I don't even, I don't even attend this debate until someone comes with statistics to show yeah, with that there's a link between this and fewer injuries. Like it's. Such fucking yeah, be, because because also their their argument they say no because if you have a fresh guy against a tired guy it's more likely to which I, I don't agree with but that's what that's what their argument is but that means it shouldn't be fewer substitutions it means there should be no substitutions yeah that's stupid yeah I mean I don't know like, and, I just I just think it's such a tenuous and, link anyway but then they also have that whole thing remember when they introduced the the second reserve prop, the mm. whole player 23, remember? the yeah, yeah. That thing all came about to reduce injuries. Yeah. And so, so like they're just changing the narrative based on what it is. Yeah, so fucking, fucking make up your mind. Like, do you do you, do substitutes cause injuries or reduce injuries? Like, come on. Yeah. I, think, uh, I, think so. I think this is just an anti-South African conspiracy just because we did it better than everybody else. And Look, uh, I mean, fine, the, the, but, the but, timing... The timing is certainly very suspicious yeah. because it's not like we suddenly introduced substitutes or an extended bench in the last like year or two. It's been around for a very long time, and only now is it suddenly is there suddenly concern about a spike in injuries that's directly related to the number of substitutions. Like, I mean, I'm not even convinced that you see more substitutions in the last 20 minutes of the game, which is this basically the data that they'd have to rely on to support what they're saying. In the last 20 minutes, as a result of substitutions, injuries are disproportionately common. And just anecdotally, from my sort of however many years of watching rugby, that definitely doesn't feel like it's the case. Because you very seldom see a game end with fewer people on the field or guys having to return to the field who were previously subbed off as a result of an injury, which suggests that injuries are happening you know, at a sufficient, at a sufficient pace for for players to be replaced, whatever. And it's also but but especially, especially like like the the main concern with injuries is concussion, okay? Yeah. And are you telling me players' heads get weaker during the game? Like what? Uh, you you more likely if you get head butted in minute one, it's going to hurt you less if, than if you get head butted yeah. in minute minute seventy nine. Fuck off. Well, if, if that is the Stupid. argument, I think I think uh, Kyle Sinclair would make a, a pretty compelling mm-hmm. exhibit A. 
uh, in response. But I think it's more like the, you know, you're a tired place, you make a bad decision, you get your head on the wrong side yeah, of the attack yeah. when you otherwise would or something. But that's not because you're up against a fresh player. No, but also... So then it, it goes back to Ben's argument that you actually need more substitutions to get tired players off the field. Uh, I, don't think it's a, I don't think the problem is fresh players running at tired players. If anything, even if there is data to support that there are more injuries later in the game, it's because of tired players running at fresh players. So are you, are you suggesting there now actually there should be 60 subs, Alex? You should bring I'm, up I'm a saying, new team I'm every 15 day, I, think, I think there should be 30 people in a match day 15, and you should have to use all of them <laughs> at some point. I think it's uh, is it, it's mostly forwards that act that actually get substituted you, you, throughout a game anyway. You lose five points for every every substitution you don't use. Yeah. It's not backs. Yeah. So your backs are getting tired anyway. No, no, well, 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 so... Generally, generally you sub your, your scrum half because they, they put in meters. Yeah. Like it seems like it's heavy, it's heavy cardio. And that's what they say. Oh no, small, smaller players will get less tired. What about the fucking scrum half? They're always getting substituted. Well, and they're the smallest I, guys I, on the Unless you're Kane Hamilton. Like last season, uh, they, the Highlanders were loathe to take Aaron Smith off. And then they, then they dick over Kane again this year with the team photo. In that one team, making <laughs> they keep super short. <laughs> no, but, but but you're kind of right though. Um, I, I'm not totally against tinkering because also I bring in half a new team. Uh, but I still have a feeling it's just because we use like, we use the bench better than anybody else. No, I, but you, I, I I really like the strategic elements of substitutions. because yeah. it, it adds a, it adds another team. it's another level to the game. Yeah. Well, and the, and the thing is, you know, you know, it's you know that. I think you, you can confirm that it's sour grapes by the fact that all of this is being said after the World Cup and not during the World Cup. Because every week when Rusty would name his 6-2 split on the bench, no one was out there being like, ooh, this is dangerous and it's going to cause injuries. They were out there being like, this is risky and it's probably going to backfire because you won't have any backline players if, any, if there's an injury to Andre Pollard. Mm. I mean, we even said that. And then only after when they smashed England 32-12 or whatever, then suddenly everyone's like, I don't know, 6-2 on the bench is dangerous for the opposition. But they didn't think that before the game. So, like, where's the consistency? Yeah. Do you know, do you know what Do you know what one of my favorite parts of the World Cup final was? And it's actually yeah. it's so niche. Um, it, obviously, Sinclair got injured, so they brought on that... Um, like what was Dan, his name? Dan, uh, Dan Cole. Dan, Dan Cole. Poor guy. Dan. And Dan Cole. Dan Cole was getting um. Was you know getting mangled in the scrum basically. Hmm. Yes. But then Literally. what? What South Africa did is they subbed their props at about forty-five minutes, yeah. which is you know that that that's ten ten arguably fifteen minutes earlier than usual, and then yeah. it forced England to pull Vinopolo and lose a ball carrier. Yeah. 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 To, no, me, that, to me, that was it was genius by Rossi. Yeah, you know because it's like, listen, we're gonna we have to protect that because we're already losing ground one scrum. If now we have two tired props against two fresh props, we screwed. And yeah. and now like we're gonna be robbed of great little things like that. That's bullshit. I don't so, see it happening. I think it's completely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, we'll see, uh, guys. I'm, I'm gonna go stir the stir the dinner quickly. I'll be back in a second. Yeah, sure. Um, well, Bymont, he's running. He's running to stay at the head of World Rugby. Um, it's not but known whether Pinochet will come with him uh, as his number two. Hmm? I thought I thought there was a bit of a rift between them. Yeah, I, I think Pinochet is quite the not an anarchist. He's um, what's the word? He's not a re- reformist. Yeah, he's very much a reformist. Well, Beaumont's very much of the old school, one could assume. So, we'll see. We'll see the talk becomes more To me, Beaumont, Beaumont's tied to sort of... He's too tied to Europe and English rugby, where, like, I think we're... Like, there's too much power in that area of rugby already. Like, the fact that they can administer the world game as well isn't, isn't, good, for, isn't good for the sport. No, and also, um, the CVC, uh, the company that's bought into the Premiership and the Six Nations and who are already looking at the Pro 14. And apparently, um, our esteemed head of SA Rugby... Uh, Jesus, why can't I remember any names? Not, not Alexander? Just said, was it Mark? Yeah. Um, said Mark, Alexander. No, the other oak. Jesus, the CEO? Yuri Roo? Yes, that's right. Yuri Roo. He's apparently closing up to CVC too, given that we've got uh, a leg in Europe with... Uh, via the Pro 40 with the Cheaters and the Kings. So that's also where the money rules. Same football. So 
watch the space. We'll see if anything more comes of it. I, I don't I don't know if rugby is the necessarily the best investment to be honest. Like no team seem to be making loads of money. Uh, it's not about so that. Well. It's, about, it's about the T V rights. The, the like they're buying into whole competitions, not necessarily teams. So that's where the money is. Yeah, apparently. I guess so. Uh, speaking of money, um, Andre Esterhazen, who we weren't sure he would be back for the, for the Sharks until he did come back a week or two before the season, he has signed for Harlequins, and he'll be joining for the 2021 season. You know who Harlequins used to have? Jamie Roberts. You know how yeah. big Andre Esterhazen is? He's around about the size of Jamie Roberts. So yeah, it's, pretty, it's a pretty good Andre, Andre yeah. Esterhazen wishes he was Jamie Roberts. <laughs> does, he have a, does he still have pretty a picture much, of Jamie yeah. Roberts on his wall? We asked for a Jamie Roberts' <laughs> autograph after the game. I was like, it's honour to be tackled by you, Jamie Roberts. You <laughs> Harlequins yeah. probably wish he was Jamie Roberts at this point as well. In his prime. Yeah. He just needs to go to Japan and learn silky skills which no one ever sees, guys. That's yeah. the key to Andre Estes. I, I agree with you, Alex. I, th- I, think, I think it's a good signing. He'll probably do very well in the UK. Sign. I think it'll work really well for both of them. And... It means that the Sharks can bring through Jeremy Ward, who's kind of been a perennial bench sitter. Um, like I think, unless they wanted to do something bold and bring in Wadisila Similani, who the Lions obviously don't give a fuck about. Yeah, oh, Jesus. That's What's going on with that, eh? Uh, I, I know, yeah, it's pissing me off. I'm, like, I'm, I'm actually really glad I didn't draft him, because I was, I was about to take him before someone else did. Yeah, Matt, Matt was on brand by drafting him. But I'd seen he hadn't really played much of a part in, in any of their warm-up games, so... Uh, yeah, like I, was, one I was hoping that was, like, smoke and mirrors or something, but... Uh, nah, there must be know. something else going on in the background. He's clearly talented, so maybe maybe more. You think he... You think, he, think it's a disciplinary issue? Maybe he has a little niggle or something? Uh, 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 he can't knows. be a niggle because he, he did play the previous game. He played the B-team game yeah. last week, and then he, he was on the bench for the Super... Sunday game. Yeah. I think it's, if anything, it's a disciplinary issue. So there's obviously something we don't know about. Or they just like Duncan Matthews. Like maybe they just know what they like. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I got Duncan Matthews warming up my bench. So I'm hoping uh, it's a money ball pick. Um, so yeah, good signing, good signing for Quinns, I guess. And Andre Hester and good luck. Um, we will enjoy it while it lasts, I guess. As long as he doesn't drop the ball. Uh, SRB Awards, Pierre Stifty Toy, the most humble man on earth. He collected another SRB Player of the Year award. The other nominees were DDA Chazen Colby, Makazole Mapepi, and uh, Dwayne Vermeulen. SRB Rugby Young Player of the Year is Hersh Yankees, Team of the Year, The Box, obviously Coach of the Year, Rassi, the Junior Spring Player of the Year, Jaden Hendricks, but he wasn't drafted. He wasn't picked up any Super Rugby teams, from what I could see. Well, he's, well, he's, he's contracted to the Sharks. Sharks. He's just. He just didn't but make they it don't use them. They play, um... More age groups or something like that. Yeah. No, I mean, they've, they've got him, like, playing K-Cup or whatever. Uh, okay. Uh, they just obviously don't care enough about him. Who, to who, who, is, who is the other scrum half? Well, they've got Louis Schroeder, Sanino Nohamba, and Cameron Rice. Nohamba, that's the one I was Yeah, that was a bad... Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I read, and I read, I read right as well. Which is, I, don't think, I think he's better. Uh, I read right. To, to, to be honest, everyone sort of has enough of a plan that they don't... Like, I, I can't really see where he would get first-team rugby, guaranteed. Well, I would take balls. him... That's for sure. I'd take him to the Lions. Who do the Lions have? Well, got Warner, Warner. Warner. Yeah. Uh, Warner's injured. Yeah, they got Warner, but I mean... Come on. Uh, so then, the seventh player there was uh, Sivirwe. Um, so he's rugby. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Super Rugby Player of the Tournament was Hundred Pollard. It's a bit of a stretch, but anyway, I thought he was okay. Uh, Karika Player of the Year was pretty obvious. Uh, what well, uh, Premier Division? Joseph Dweber. First Division Player was Cody Besson from the Griffins. Uh, Challenge Player of the Year was George Whitehead. Fuck. And I was thinking of a different Whitehead. Um, unless it's the same Whitehead. Tim. Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Tim. And the Ira- SA Rugby Associate Member of the Year, SA Wheelchair Rugby Referee of the Year, Amy Baratheron. Nice one, Amy. Hey. Yeah. Good. Hey, friend of the pod. Yeah. Friend of the yeah, pod. friend of the pod. She she judged our B League uh, names last year. Yeah, I, I feel yeah, like I, I wish Andrew judged our A League yeah, games. This yeah, year. Andrew would have <laughs> Andrew would have <laughs> probably yeah, Andrew would have probably preferred that. Uh, that's for sure. We'll get into that now. Craver yeah. player of the tournament was Dylan Alexander from Western Province, and the club player there was Leon Dupassi from Rustenburg Impala. So well done, Pollard. Uh, Pollard, sorry, Pierce Fifty Toy. It's his third win in four years uh, for the Buck. He's forward. That's so. crazy. That's actually like a crazy level of. Of dominance, eh? Yeah. 
you know, and, he, and he seems to be such a humble oak, which is just really nice. Uh, another one, have you ever, uh, it's very strange what Luke Pierce did to, uh, if Saracens weren't having a bad enough time as it is, their captain Jackson Ray was reportedly fired by uh, Luke Pierce in the 77th minute of a game where they'll be pasted 41-14 to uh, Harlequins. Uh, apparently, Pierce called over Ray and he asked him, are you willing to work with me? Ray said, I'm here to work with you. Then he brought over Chris Robshaw, the Harlequins captain. They had a chat and then he just says, okay, Jackson, you just go back for a second. And then he calls up Manu Vinopolo, who's like 19, says, number 10, can I work with you, please? Uh, so Jackson's refusing <laughs> to work with us. So that's his choice. You're not captain for the last two minutes, okay. What? Um, yeah, it, you can't it do was. that shit. Uh, yeah, like, I don't like, know. <laughs> it's actually not your prerogative as the referee to decide who to speak to. I don't think, but I mean, maybe I'm wrong. No, no. That's... Yo, well, like, 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 what, what he he said something about like basically, uh, well, the the sort of the reading between the lines was like their relationship had somehow broken down. He kept being interrupted. Yeah, I think Ray kept it interrupting Pierce all the time. So yeah, I think he just had it. Yeah, so, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, big... to be fair, what else do you do as a, as a ref? Well, according to the rugby union laws, uh, the definition excuse me, of a captain is the player nominated by a team to lead that team, consult the referee, and select options relating to the referee decisions. So Pierce went rogue. That, that seems to be what, what happened. Yeah, that, that, that would have been my guess as well. But I, I'm all for referees giving smackdown. To the players, especially mm-hmm. chatty scrum halves. Uh, I just re- I just wish one day we hear on the microphone. Like I know England are in South Africa right now, um, kicking our ass in the cricket. There's been a lot of the nastiness, but the mic- microphone I, picks up people swearing at each other. I want a referee to say to one of the players, "Shut the fuck up." I'm the referee. I feel like I feel like we're still in this test. No, uh, haven't we already lost this test? Yes, we've I thought we lost. Were, I thought we uh, I thought we had two hundred seventy all out. No, we, <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, no, we lost by one hundred ninety-one runs. I saw um, Thunder doesn't get up in ninety-eight. Fuck, it was heartbreaking. Oh, Ben Stokes, what a knob. Be so good. Uh, anyway, getting, getting a bit distracted. Hey, ben Stokes, New Zealand of the year. Yeah, um, and 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 apparently BBC Sports Personality of the year. Even though he goes and tells a child, uh, oh no, it wasn't a child. He told an adult with four eyes. He called him. He called him the c word and said, "Let's meet outside." He's got, he's he's got, he's, he, have, he didn't actually have oh. flyers. No, no, but he's wearing glasses, <laughs> glasses. And, he, and he's also a spec saver uh, spokesperson. But anyway, we're, we're getting a little bit. If Ben Stokes called me out, like, like I, I don't have any doubt Ben Stokes would kick the shit out yeah. of me. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be right I would, I, I, would, I, I, would go, I would still go outside to find him just to say I have. Just ha- I have a swing at Ben Stokes. Like, yeah. come on, everyone wants uh, to would do it that. Would it be a case of you? He probably won't kill you. So would you tell the story as though I, I fought Ben Stokes when the reality is Ben Stokes just uh, fucked you up, you know? Would that mean? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think it would be that one-sided of a fight if I, I think, fought I Ben Stokes. Ben. He's pretty. <laughs> no, no, I, I would definitely get a few punches in. Fight dirty. He always killed that guy outside that bar. Yeah. No, that was right, dude. That I fucking kind of... got reaction time and shit out, and I'll be prepared I, as well. Ben, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to. <laughs> Like, yeah. I don't mind your fighting. Yeah, you, you get, like, um, I'd have as much chance of inflicting pain to Ben Stokes. Okay, no, no, I'm, I'm not saying I would beat Ben Stokes, but I'll <laughs> say... Like that's what you're saying. <laughs> I'm not saying I'd beat It ben sounds Stokes like you put up a good fight. No, uh, so, yeah, it would, it, would, it would be like a... If, like if, a, if, like if an, Ben Stokes like is if Ben Stokes Yo, listening to this, Ben is challenging you to a fight right now. In Mauritius. He wants to meet you outside Wanderers Stadium tomorrow. I know there's no cricket <laughs> know, on, but presumably you can hang around for a day or two. Uh, and then well, wait, where's, the, where's, the next, where's the next one day? Because logically I should find him there. Uh, I don't know. Hang on, he's rich enough. He can, he can fly to Mauritius just for the fight. Yeah, but does he want it? It's so humid here. Like, I think he'd struggle, huh? You won't even leave the airport. You'll meet him in the airport at the at the arrivals lounge. You'll sort it out uh, right there. Uh, and no, then no. You can hop on no, the next thanks. T- t- tile floor. Uh, that could hurt when he slams my head into it. I want grass underfoot. <laughs> oh, it's in, Ca- it's in Cape Town. Alex can form the fight as well. Yeah. Come with your prayer. be your second bit. My second? What would you do, Alex? <laughs> I'll hold your glasses, because otherwise he'll call you a fried cut. <laughs> 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 
take take away some of his ammunition. That's good. Thinking, yeah, exactly. You know what to do. Like that's what that's his only move so far. That's, that's, no, <laughs> no, no, but he has the other moves. He's got that whole thing where he killed that guy outside the pub. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that, no, that's those are like, well. uh, He takes some time for that to to come off cooldown. Speaking of. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> uh, of pubs, but Russell, uh, apparently he went out on a bender on Sunday, he got drunk, um, and then didn't pitch up on Monday. And, he... and they confirmed that that's what happened. Uh, no, I'm looking at the Wales Alive, which I know is not the best source, but apparently um, he's no fan of the Scotland Rugby Union, which fired his dad, Keith, in 2017, and Keith then took him <laughs> to court and then whined on an unfair dismissal claim. Um, and apparently Townsend and, and Gregor Townsend is the Scotland coach and Russell, they do not like each other. And apparently reports said there are significant issues between the two. I'm just trying to... Anyway, he emerged, he broke team protocol during a drinking session last Sunday. And he just didn't turn up for training on Monday morning. He will play no part uh, against Ireland. And uh, the BBC suggested after talking to a teammate that it came as no surprise uh, that they'd be fighting. <laughs> apparently after Scotland uh, faced England last year in the Six Nations, uh, Russell is quite critical uh, of Townsend's coaching. As you said, Yanni Dupassi, Joe Berg versus uh, Montpellier. Russell is racing, Metro Racing versus Scotland. So, yeah. Yeah. Racing Metro. Racing Metro. metro. Racing. Oh, sorry. But, uh, I like how they say he, he breached team protocol during a like, binge drinking session. <laughs> like, like he was doing fine <laughs> up, up until a certain point and he crossed the line. And Scottish rugby union were like, okay, that's enough and you're out of here. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he wasn't drinking the, the official... The official beer of Scottish oh, rugby. Maybe fuck. he was drinking Guinness or something. Yeah, but yeah. did you see his nutmeg um, on Twitter? How he nutmegged a guy? I didn't see that. Oh, very good. Twitter, you missed. Just search Finn Russell nutmeg. Um, uh, okay. it, it's send it to me. I'm not very good with searching on Twitter. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, he also got banned by the Lions, so maybe a, a little bit scared. So, yeah, uh, just watch out. Ad, 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 Alex might search Finn Russell nutmeg, and next thing you know, Scottish <laughs> rugby's banned him. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm just worried. That's, that sounds like the kind of thing you can search and come up with some very um, like un, unintended Google results. Yeah. Um, right. That, that's <laughs> uh, that's going to do it uh, for the section. We've got about uh, 15 minutes to chat about fantasy. Um, Alex, how that's do you think... That's time. Yeah, well, it's all the time we have, Brie. It's a new era. Can I, should I start by introducing the listeners to our teams? Uh, yeah, very briefly. So yeah. Are you gonna okay. read out every player? Just read out the highlights, because I don't no, want no, them no, to no, know sorry, how. I'm, I'm, I'm I don't names. want to know about my 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 seventh round pick of Corabetti. Yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna read out the team names. Because the, the listeners haven't heard those. Yet. Yeah, yeah. You can okay. Go yeah. And do that. Um, so the team names. I'll, I'll go in order that we drafted. So the first pick in our league was Matt. Um, he's in abstentia today, and Matt's team name was Carpic Monkeys. When the scrum goes down which I think is excellent. Uh, second pick overall, Ant the Anarchist. Uh, his team name was the Diamondalorians, um, which is pretty terrible. Ant, if you're listening, that's fucking terrible. I, I, I've, um, actually, I shouldn't shit on it because I told him it wasn't bad. Um, and Even in the though I, cult... I, I, I told Adam I see dead people isn't, wasn't bad either. So yeah. I told Adam, so yeah, the third, third pick was Adam with I see dead people. I see spelled I-S-I like I see or E-C, oh. E-C Nicerani. Yeah, I see. Um, yeah, Which, uh, and I maintain it's Adam's best work. Yeah, I think that was a, nice. a top off of the draw name, Adam, but Squidge yeah. doesn't like it. Well, I, we got yeah. third pick. Yeah. Right. And then Phil, Phil was in, 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 sorry, in fourth in fourth place, uh, drafting fourth with the last Mitch Hunter, which I think is great. Um, you need a bit of context because there's a movie called The Last Witch Hunter, right? But if you've got that context, it's fantastic. Like it works in so many levels. Um, so I like The Last Witch Hunter. Uh, and then I drafted in fifth. My team name is a streetcar named Pattaya, which has like received that. very mixed very mixed reviews, but. Uh, let me just get this direct quote from, from Squidge because it's, it's maybe one of the nicest things anyone anyone's ever said to me. Because <laughs> uh, uh, so, so Squidge Rugby um, ranked our names in order to, to get our draft order. Yeah, thanks, Squidge. And Squidge said, Squidge said uh, either the last Mitch Hunter or a streetcar named Pattaya could have taken it, but a streetcar named Pattaya just made me wish I'd come up with it above and beyond any of the others. And that's probably the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Um, so there you go. 
Then in sixth place was Ben with I Petty the Fool, as in Guido Petty, which is very good, very solid. Uh, seventh do, do, place do, was Andrew. Do you guys think I should have said I Petty the Fulao, the Fulao? No. What do you no, think that would be, be the too much. Like it's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's way, beautiful in its simplicity. Yeah. Then Andrew. So Andrew went locked prop and two smoking barrets, which is a very good team name, right? But we kind of heard it before because Ben always goes on about lock prop, lux props, and two smoking ferals for the Six Nations. And yeah, I, I, I named my one fantasy team that. Yeah, and Ben's used it before. Fantasy. And as Squidge pointed out when he got back to us, he said he'd actually used the pun himself in his video on the England All Black semi last year. So he felt like it was like a bit a bit stale. So he actually got last place, even though it objectively is a very good te- team name. And then uh, from that to what is objectively a, a terrible team name was Alex Hornsby with Don't Murat Me. Uh, Murat spelled M-O-E-R and then uh, the outside. Is that what he was trying to get at? I, I, I think lie. it's like don't at, like you know like on Twitter when you like don't at me. So yeah. you say like you say you say an unpopular opinion. Uh, that was, that was like, too so meta. What, 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 what does don't yeah. at me mean on Twitter? So it's like so you, you'll say an unpopular opinion and then you'll follow it up with don't at me as in like don't reply, like don't bother replying to me to tell me I'm wrong. So for example, you'd be like, I think in, I think Israel's Falau is a perfectly decent human being. Don't at me. Because to add someone on Twitter means to like respond to them, so you're trying to like but, but stall. Where, where's, isn't the whole point of Twitter like engagement? Yeah, I mean it's like a meme. Like it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like don't don't overthink it. Uh, the point oh, is, okay. Alex Alex wants to be came up with a bad team name, and he he paid the ultimate price with the eighth pick in our draft. Um, so Adam, what what what's your what's your feeling in the uh, cold light of day? What 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 kind of score would you give yourself out of ten? Uh, for my draft. Uh, 6.5 to 7 out of 10. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I'm relatively happy. I, I do think my third outside back pick where it's uh, Mark uh, Noah Kwanita Wase, yeah. he, might, he might not play. Um, the Highlands are on a bye, so Jonah Nareki might be out. So I might have to use my, my flex player, uh, Sonoma Kata. Uh, no, but overall, I'm pretty happy. Uh, I'm pretty happy. I just think my bench... I decided to, to draft in a, a shit ton of young guns. I'm kind of like playing the odds game. If I get two I think from I five... Counted, you got, I think you got five... Wait. Solomon Akata, John Anareki, yeah. Isaac Lucas count, doesn't really count. No. Marino Mikhail Tu'u. Yeah. Uh, Mark Nawangani Tawase. Yeah. Uh, and there was a fifth one somewhere. Pataya? Uh, he doesn't count. Yeah. Adam, I, I, I think yeah. you had six Super Rugby debutants, Adam, or five. Uh, I think it was five. five I might have been counting Isaac. I might have been counting Isaac because, but um, at least four. Or or Andre Creer. So yeah. No, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty happy. I was having a look at the. What teams. was your hmm? What was your highlight and what's your biggest regret? Uh, fuck. Um, not picking Bryce Hegarty. That's my biggest regret. I went, I went for Hershey Yankees first. But with Higgity likely kick a goal, he's kind of a money ball player. So, uh, about time, I mean, I was very chuffed that uh, I got Cruden. Oh, two highlights. I, I, Cruden was very much part of my strategy. I generally got the guys that I wanted. Uh, but the, my, my most chuffy pick is Scott Barrett, actually. I was very pleased that I, I yeah. picked him up as a lock. Um, I was very annoyed. I was very annoyed. I was about to pick him up. Yeah, you, you took Higgity before. Uh, actually, you also fucked me over. You took, uh, where is it here? Oh, Emoni Narawa. I had my eye on him too. That's why I, I, I got Kata. So Kata at this rate might even start. So I don't know I don't know what sort of team is. I think, it. Yeah, anyway. I think, Kata, I think Kata's going to start. I yeah. heard he was quite good. Uh, but look at Alex H. I know his team name. Okay, I've just gotten it. His, his top five is pretty strong. Uh, Ben's team. Uh, oh, he's got a Kira. Uh, actually, his well, Lucy... Ben, ben could give us his own his yeah. own assessment. Ben, yeah. what do you yeah. what do you give yourself out of ten? Three. <laughs> Three. <Jesus. laughs> You're so, okay, so one, so no, one no, for no, each no, of no. one for each of the Ionies, and then what's what? This, how do you get the this, third point? This, this is this is my whole point. Like, what's the point of scales having one to zero, one to ten, if no one gives themselves below five? Like, yeah, um, I think I, I started <laughs> I started well. I picked up Akira early because I wanted to go for a loose forward push. So my idea was to go Akira, and then on the way back I was going to take Isi Nasirani. 
Yeah, and then when it came when it came through again, I was thinking of going for a third loose forward, potentially Jacobson or someone like that. You know, just yeah. to really dr- drive them up for everyone else. That was my plan. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good plan. Yeah. yeah, but then the problem is when so I took Akira as sixth pick, but then when it came back, I had eleventh pick or tenth pick. Yeah, eleventh pick, and Rico was still available. It's a skill. So I was like, fuck, that's the bargain of the century. Rico Ioni, <laughs> yeah. an 11th pick in the draft. Like, you can't, yeah, no, you can't look past it. You really can't. Yeah, you, you can't not take that. But because of that, then Alex took Icy Nicerani quite yeah. late, actually. You took Icy Nicerani as, what would My it be? Six, yeah, your uh, third pick. So yeah, what would that 12, be? 20, 21, 21st pick. 21st pick. Hmm. Yeah, twenty first pick of the draft. But at that point, I was like, "Well, fuck! If I can't get Nicerani, I don't want to risk Jacobson because he's a bit of a concussion sort of." Yeah. Like yeah. I'm not, yeah, he's got he's got a bit of a glass head. So then I was like, "Fuck! Let me just go OB." But then yeah. at that point, all the kind of the the more decent OBs were taken. So then I had to go Ben Lamb. Yeah. So that's I mean Ben Lamb with the twenty. Yeah, yeah. Ben, ben Lamb's not not a bad uh, uh, whatever. But but yeah, but then at that and then it just shook me and then um I, I wanted Josh Ioni to complete my Ioni slam. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, yeah but, but uh, uh looking at my team now, I think it's I think it's workable. I think most of them will start. Far from yeah. Dane Coles. But then um James isn't so I picked sure. up was it? Yeah, I picked I, I took I took Ulysses. But then basically like that morning, uh, well, the next morning, I read a thing saying how he's got a a hamstring thing and he's actually got, not going to play. So then I straight away just ditched him and got Rangi because I think Rangi will play. So I think my benefit is I think I went too safe. I mainly went for guys who I kind of know will start, but they yeah. might not actually be the best point scorers. So that's why I'm quite critical of my own draft as well. I, I like your team. I'd, I'd probably give you about a, um, I'd give you an 8 out of 10. But then I'd subtract one point for every Bulls player you own, so that would so actually three. that would put you back on three. Yeah. No, no, Sorry. but I, I, I honestly think I got some of the best Bulls players, so I'm quite happy with my Bulls players. Yeah, I think well, Stain. Stain will let you down. Strauss will start. No, no, because I got, I got Stain. He's gonna start. Yeah. I don't know if you're listening to yourself, Ben, but you just defended yourself saying you got some of the best Bulls players. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No. 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 But but I'm I'm saying okay. Josh Strauss, I think he's going to do well. And then uh, Roscoe Speckman, I'm happy with those two. Papia, I just wanted a scrum half. I'm not actually even sure if he's going to start because they just hoard scrum half. And then I was quite happy with Nankaval as my flex. Yeah. I just I'd... saw him last week and I was like, fuck, why has no one picked him up? I'll take that all day long. Yeah, that upset me. Yeah. I had my eye on Nankaval. He wasn't as my your flex. flex. Oh, no, no, not my flex. Sorry, my reserve. Yeah. So he was like, like if you hadn't taken him, yeah. I was yeah. going to take him. So I was quite upset when you took yeah. him. He's a very good player. Uh, it's just odd oh, that then, then, I, to... then I'm also I'm I'm happy with Rob Valentini as my flex because he's got the potential I think to score big. <laughs> Again, yeah, that, that's quite good. Yeah. Oh, he's also got the potential to get injured. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then, I was, I was but chatting the, I was chatting is... to someone and I was saying like we were saying how um Rob Valentini and Rob, Rob Valentini is basically the Australian Juano Augustus. Yeah. And yeah. and and Reed. Reed Prince, Reed Prince F is basically the New Zealand John Augustus and Rob Valentini. Like all three of them are like these big framed guys who, who you feel like should be really good at rugby, but somehow they are. Yeah, they like they like PSPs before PSPs. Uh, and Alex, what? Uh, PSPs was actually really good at fantasy though. He was, well, he was pretty good at rugby as well, if we're honest. Like he just he just <laughs> yeah. wasn't a stereotypical. Well, the racket spec. Like, the thing is, PSPs was never going to be as good as rugby as he looked. He should be. Yeah. He, he was. He was for the kids. No, but you know, P.S.P. looked like he should have been the world's greatest rugby player, and he was only a top class yeah. rugby player. Yeah. So that's like, true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, oh, fuck, we have four minutes. Yeah, you're. I'll give myself. I'll give myself. I'll give myself a seven out of ten. Um, picking a fifth was also a bit of a safe strategy because I felt like there were sort of five or six like top like top top elite elite players so I wanted to make sure I got one of those but then I also felt like after the 10th pick it kind of got it or like sorry like the 11th or 12th pick it got a bit dry so I wanted to try and make sure I got 
one of the top six and, and if possible, two, well, obviously possible, two of the top 12. Um, and then Matt picked DMAC with the first pick, which was expected. Ant picked Richie Mwango with the second pick, which was also pretty expected. Adam picked Nani Lamatu with the third pick, and I was like, cool, this is roughly going according to plan. And then Phil came out of fucking nowhere yeah. and picked Falao Fainga. And that just totally rattled me because I was thinking to myself, going into the draft, I was like, I'm guaranteed a shot at one of Reese, Havili, or Bridge. Um, or Anton Leonard Brown. Like, those were the four that I thought were going to be, like, left for me. And I was like, there's no way Reese makes it to fifth pick. Like, the guy scored four centuries last year and scored 99 in his fifth week. It's just, like, no one's ever done what Sevier Reese did in fantasy rugby last year. It's just, there's no way that he gets past, like, Phil, for example, who's, like, very analytical. And he just, like, fell into my lap. And I, to, if, I'm, if I'm being completely honest, I didn't did you, really, did really, want really want him. Yeah, like, I, I don't like him very much. I, like, he's, I, I he's been convicted of... But, 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 of I blanked him too, bro. I nearly, I nearly chose him because if I had chosen him I mean, like I, Ben, it would have fucked up my whole strategy, and then everything would have fallen apart. No, no, but, but, but I, I, honestly, Alex, if you skip Severis, I don't think I would have taken him, even though basically I, my whole season last year was built on him. I just, uh, I don't think he can do it again. No, yeah. but even if he's, yeah. but Ben, like, even if he, he doesn't have to, like, even if he scores half as many centuries, he's <laughs> yeah, still right. scored more than, like, he, anyone else has scored in the season. He, if Sever, if Sever Reese is two-thirds of the player he was yeah. last year, he'll be the <laughs> highest scoring fantasy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then, because, like, I was, in the back of my mind, I thought, okay, I'm not going to get Reese, and I was, it was between George Bridge and David Havili for me, and I thought, um, because I really want an outside back, I, I was so, so tempted to take Anton Leonard Brown, just because I love him so much. But I thought if I get Anton and Brown, all the good outside backs are going to be gone by the time it gets to my second pick, and I'm going to be forced to pick. Uh, and, I, and I and I won't have a Crusader, <laughs> so I'll be forced to pick Braden Enor in the second round, which I think is too early. I think Braden Enor is a third round pick. Um, so then, but then I'll in the first two rounds I'll have two centers, and that's a disaster. I don't want two centers in the first two rounds because there's quite a lot of centers out there. So I just thought I have to get a Crusaders outside back. It's either going to be Havili or it's going to be Bridge. Bridge, actually, when I looked at his numbers, wasn't all that good last year. No, and Havili averaged, like, almost 10 points more than him, game game to game. Plus, George Bridge is an all-black, so he's going to get rested. Plus, David Havili's versatile, and they've already spoken about potentially using him as a center. So I was like, you know, David Havili's going to be my first-round pick. I was, I, I, I'd come to terms with it. Then Reese fell into my lap, so I just had to kind of abandon ship for the more attractive option. I had to. Um, and then somehow, David Avili made it back to me in the second round. Like, <laughs> So after that, I felt really good. Um, the fact that I got who, the person I was expecting as my first pick, as my second pick, is a really good way to start the draft. Then <clears throat> um, Nicerani, I thought was going to go, in my mock draft, I had Nicerani going to Phil or Adam in the second round, just after me. And he fell to me in the third, which was great. And then in the fourth round, I got Perifetta, who, as you guys know, I've got a history with, because I picked him in the third round last year, and he got injured, and he didn't play a single minute of Super Rugby. So that felt you, good. You, you almost got that to prove something to yourself, I feel. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wasn't, I didn't go in expecting Perifetta. I actually kind of wanted Cruden, like, like Adam did. But I had my rankings in front of me, and when it got to me, I was just, I was eyeing up the fly halves because... Damien Willemse and uh, Kerwin Bosch had just gone. I was, exactly the same, I was same very surprised Paul chose Bosch that early. That surprised me. Actually, actually, I think Bosch, I think Bosch went after Perifetta. I think I picked, I think I picked, yeah, I picked Perifetta yeah. first, and I think Phil panicked and picked Kerwin Bosch because that's what happened to me last year. Is he picked Damien Willemse just before me, and I panicked and picked Perifetta because I felt like I needed a fly half. And I think that's kind of what happened with Phil. That's why I pulled the trigger on Kerwin Bosch early. Anyway, then I, I went in with my, my number one ranked scrum half was Brad Weber, and I got him in the fifth. Luke Jacobson and I had, same as Ben, like, you know, major concussion issues. Like, do I really want him? But I told myself if I could get him as late as the sixth round, I would, just because of his upside when he comes back from injury. And that's what happened. So I felt great about that. And then, to top it all off, it gets to me in the second round, and I'm looking down my list, and the only player that I haven't crossed out in the top, like, 20 names of, of the top scorers from last year was Bryce Hegarty. And he was just sitting there at the 7th pick, like the, the 40, 42nd pick overall, I think. And I had him down as like top 20 talent. 
So, uh, yeah, like that was great. Bad news is it kind of, it kind of fell apart after that. Um, so mine was very much. Yeah, Alex, Alex, I I like your your star players. Yeah, but yeah. I'm very I'm very My concerned backups. about your tight five. So I I. I'm well, really like, the your, your, of, like your tight five potentially no one could start in your whole tight five. Yeah, uh, uh, Fitzpatrick will. Fitzpatrick's actually very. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. He's uh, good. Lomax, Lomax is is a probable starter. Like he didn't move to the to the Hurricanes to bench. He would have just stayed well, in the maybe, Highlanders where he was. Maybe starting. he's a chiller. He's a chiller. Alex Fidal, man, his future. Maybe. Yeah. He's uh, like Ricky Ricatelli guaranteed to start. Dan Coles is not to. Joe Moody will only be rested if they're resting all blacks. But I'm going to get rid of Joe Moody anyway. Oh, so but where's Asafa Moa then? Is he on tour? Or is he still injured? Uh, he's no, always injured. No, I think he's on tour. I think they'll play, they'll play Rick Tilly, I think. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. You, no, you're, you're not wrong. Like, it is, it's very risky. Uh, but I told uh, myself, I told myself, like, I'm not going to get caught up in trends. So if there's a run on props or locks and I miss the top, top, top guys, then I'm just going to focus on getting the best players available, not trying to join the, the position run. Yeah. And I think I overplayed that hand a little bit. And then suddenly I looked up at the board and all the good locks were gone and all the good props were gone. There were no so, there were no good locks this year, though. There was uh, Scott Barrett. Scott uh, Barrett uh, and the Rebels locks were fine. Uh, Guido Petty, yeah. Matt Phillip. Guido Petty is not Pat a good fantasy player. No, he is. Guido and Marcus Kremer. Kremer was a very late pick. I thought he would go. Kremer's a terrible fantasy player. Kremer's like, a bad fantasy player. Fantasy. He always gets red cards. Yeah, he's he's a bad fantasy player. Oh, well, I mean, trust yeah. me, as, as someone who's owned Kramer, you don't want to own Kramer. Yeah. Well, they, so well, my my biggest my biggest regret just quickly was not taking Scott Barrett just before Adam did. Um, I feel very stupid about that, and um, then also taking a gamble on Tanya Talea, uh, who actually people gave me shit for it after the draft. They were like, "Why did you draft Talea?" You know, he probably won't even play or whatever. Last year, he averaged better than uh, than Jack Goodhue as a center. So, like, I feel I felt like it was justified to roll the dice on him. But then I woke up this morning and read the news that he was injured, so he's not going to play this weekend. So, <laughs> so he's, um, he's gone. We're a little bit over time, so um, I mean, Ben, just a quick. I like your cent- I like the fact you got O'Connor. That's a goodie. Yeah, uh, like, like I'm happy with no, O'Connor. I like O'Connor because he's he's a safe he's a safe wild card if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I like I like that you got got O'Connor, but I definitely would not have taken him that early. I think you pulled the trigger on him a little, like two or three rounds too early. Yeah, but I was looking and there was fucking no one else. I was like, this, <laughs> you could have had just, you could have had Tanya just... Lutalea. <laughs> I'd rather throw up a Alex, you just said he's injured. Lucky, like, <laughs> you didn't know that though. <laughs> lucky elsewhere. Um... I full picked Will Jordan very early, yeah. uh, which is very surprising. Well, it wasn't that early. You picked Will Jordan about fifth round. I think. Yeah, that's early, uh, though. Which is where I, really? is where I would have taken I, him as I well. I thought that was a bit early. Uh, Matt? If I, if, I didn't, if I didn't have the double Crusaders outside backs, uh, I would have taken him. Matt always picked up a stinker. Similani seems like it will be him, but he's got Curran Drone. His team's probably looking very good. I felt Sam Kane, he's got a very good Lustre, Douglas, Kane, and Dempsey. Um, so I feel like this is one of Matt's strongest teams. In a few years, much like, <laughs> Sorry, no, much, much like uh, much like Ben's got the best bulls, I think it's fair to say that Matt has the best Sunwolves. Yeah. Um, Ant. I don't know. You didn't get Jake Shatz. Yeah. That's true. Uh, Ant, unfortunately, he had the bomb pick of the round, picking him up. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's embarrassing himself now. He's got to play with the big boys, eh? Uh, <laughs> he did pick a PSR cooler, who I think is going to be very good. Uh, full, your yeah, nemesis. He picked, him, he picked him quite. He picked him quite early, eh? Considering yeah. his numbers, I think he he went too early. Nah, no, but... he's not good. He and is. I think he'll start at eight the whole season. I think they'll play Jacobson and Blunt. Yeah, that appears good. He yeah. gets runs and he came off the bench a lot. That's why I lowered his stats. And he, he breaks tackles and he scores tries. Uh, right? I, I was pissed off. I actually had my eye on him. I thought he would go a bit later uh, than when Ant picked him up. So I was quite surprised. But, but I, I also think Ant's to Peter Steph the Toy and Via Fafita. They're good deals when they locks, but they really don't score well enough on the flanks yeah. for me to be uh, top quality. He's got two Fafita's. Fafita's burnt me too many times. Yeah, uh, Lades will be pretty good. Looking just very quickly at Andrew's team. Uh, Willem, sir, interesting. He picked up Jamie Roberts. Uh, Bridge, we've spoken oh, about him. Yeah. I think Dupacy Karifi's interesting. Who picked uh, Sevilla? 
Who drafted to Pierre? Uh, Alex Ed. No one. But Alex Ed oh, was just he... in, a, in a tailspin at that point. Like I think he was just he was just did trying to take do... any value he could. Yeah. Well, like Ant got Burton Barrett as player twenty-four. You think, he's, you think he's going to hang on to him for however long he's injured for, like five He'll and a half months? He's or... got to. Look, we are talking about the guy who took double locks in the third and fourth round, and then took Henry Spade in the eighth round. Well, saying that, I think I took. Oh, that's you probably took Spade because I'd already taken yeah. Corbetti. Uh, I took. Fuck, I, I took Shandra Kruger way, way too early. Um, and then Andrew. Yeah, Alpert, I, I didn't. I didn't even think he would get picked up, Adam. Oh, is it? Oh, he's... Sorry, but uh, Alex H's draft is putrid. <laughs> he's got some terrible, terrible names. What, watch him, watch him score seven hundred points in week one. Yeah, oh, uh, and make top four. Uh, I'm just sad that Coltman um, won't play because I forgot. I literally wrote down a list of who had the buy and I forgot. Um, so I'm just praying that uh, BPA starts. Um, Oaks, we're out of time. One final comment. Uh, from each of you for, for draft ahead of the season? Jeez. Um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. The old adage. But uh, honestly, like when you look back at the season and how many of your original draft players you have left, it's always like surprisingly few. Yeah. So I don't, if anyone is listening and feels like they had a draft as bad as Alex H's, um, there's a lot of You're time right. to recover. You're not alone. Um <laughs> And for people like me who feel like they got a seven out of ten, just watch out for that hubris. You've got to, you've you, got to maintain. Before you like, know it, uh, you've, you've got a you've got a busted Stephen Perifito on your hands, and then you. Fight. Yeah, I'm just interested to know who's the first um, snap the kiddies of the season. That we'll, we'll we'll find out. Ben, just a final thought from you. Does it count as Jordan Gillespie? Uh, no, he's got a hamstring injury or something. So. Uh, yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna I'm trying to take a more um, relaxed approach to draft this year. Like I think. Last year I got it in a bit in a bit too deep, so I think I've just got to kind of trust my instincts a bit more this draft. No, like, you were living on me. on like uh, Reese cocaine the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's actually that's a, that's what happened. Reese happened. Like, yeah. He made you believe that you could like you could be a high roller. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Started, started buying into your own hype as a guy who scores yeah. like 700 points a week just casually. <laughs> no, I, I I I just I just want to say um, I I hold the the all-time, well, in our draft, the all-time record for the most points scored in a round was 712, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. And I don't think from the offerings of players this year, I don't see a 712-point round coming up from any one draft team. No. So maybe I think... Alex. I hate to say it, but that's a, very, that's a very 2019 Ben thing to say, Ben. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like you're embracing the new casual. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride that high. Yeah. If if I if I if I win draft, I'll get um I'll get a tattoo on my ass to celebrate it. That's a big claim. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, who's gonna win draft? Huh? Adam. Who? Who's, who's gonna win on the teams? Uh, uh, you don't win the curry cup in Matt. Yeah, I just say your backline. I think Matt. Scare me. I think Matt has the best draft team. I, I think Yaku Kutsia is gonna disappoint you. Liam Wright was a good pick. I'd probably say you're the favourite right now, but a lot changes. But it's, uh, I think we've uh, run out of time, so I like hearing that. Yeah, uh, I, I want to make you the favourite so the fall is harder. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Elite Rugby Band. We are a little bit over. We will get better. This is the start of a new era. Uh, ben, thank you very much for joining us. I know it's, it's past nine o'clock. Thank you. Uh, ten o'clock in the in Mauritius. Past ten o'clock. Yeah. 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 And Alex, thanks. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us. Appreciate the insight. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we'll, yeah, uh, we'll play it by ear. What our next episode is. Uh, we'll aim for Mondays, but also see if Mac can get involved for the Sundays. Uh, as well. But thank you very much for listening. We will catch you next week.